0: I'm going to look at Matthew chapter 14, and then also in Mark chapter 4 this evening, if you'd like to turn there. My title that I have this evening, may, it might sound a little bit on the depressing side. But I really believe that there's a silver lining. The title would be, The Forecast Calls for a Storm. I don't know if you like storms. Some people like storms. The forecast calls for a storm. Let's bow our hearts and our head before God in prayer tonight. Thank you, Lord, for your blessings and presence in this service this evening. Thank you for the truth of the song that the ladies just sang for us reality that it holds within those words. I pray now that you would give us that anointing that is needed as we open up your divine word. Give us that help that is needed to receive. Help us to be able to communicate. Give me that anointing that I need as the minister of your message tonight. Thank you for your help. In past times, but it's a new opportunity and a new time. Pray that you would give us strength and help tonight. in Jesus name. Amen. Matthew chapter 14, verse number 22, beginning, and straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him onto the other side while he sent the multitudes away. Now you've got to keep in mind that this is a direct direct and clear command from God, from Christ. You could say that it is direction from him that uh, he's just simply telling them what he wants them to do and expecting them to do it. In other words... They're doing their best to live in the center of God's will. He constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him onto the other side. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. Things weren't going well. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out with, for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I. Be not afraid. In the midst of the sea, in the midst of their fear, Jesus said, be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. Now we could go back to Matthew chapter 8 and pick up on another story, but I'd rather go tonight to Mark chapter 4 and look at that, that account of this other story. Mark chapter 4, verse 35, And the same day when the even was come, he saith unto them, Let us pass over unto the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him, even as he was in the ship, and there were also with him other little ships. In verse number 37, And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship. Jesus was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awake him, and they say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? Can you put... Can you put the the, path, the pathos in that? Can you feel with them what they would be saying and what they would be feeling in those words? You know, they, they did have an understanding of who Jesus was, at least in part. They knew that He had been able to do some pretty great things. But now they find themselves in the, in the trial of their life and Jesus has pillowed his head, and somehow he's able to sleep through it. There may be times that we feel that way. Where is he? Where is he? Remember, Elijah taunted uh, the false prophets in, in his story about their God being asleep. And I don't think that he, Elijah had any indication or any thought whatsoever that his God was asleep. He fully believed that God was awake and hearing his prayer. He was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow, and they awake him and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. That was an exciting part of the story, wasn't it? I'm sure that in both of these stories, that last part meant a lot to those that were following. What I want us to get this evening is that sometimes, even though we don't like it and don't want it, Jesus will take us through the storm to get us to where He wants us to go. In both of these cases, you could say that Jesus took them through the storm to get them to the other side. Jesus knew it when he said, get in the ship and go. Jesus was aware of every part of it, but he still told them to get in the ship and go. Even though they were not aware of what was about to take place, Jesus knew what was to take place, and it was a part of God's plan to get them to where they needed to go. There's a storm in the forecast. It doesn't matter if you're rich or poor, if you're red, or yellow, or black or white, you know, that song that we used to sing as children. It doesn't matter if you're male or female. And just in case you're wondering, in 2023, there's still only two genders. Just mark it down. There may come a time in the near future when I'm not allowed to say that, but because I'm allowed to say it tonight, I'm just going to say it as freely as I can, male or female. If There's nobody else, nobody in between. No, that's not what the message is about, but I just, you know, wanted to take that proclamation and make it. It doesn't matter if you're Democrat or Republican. It doesn't matter if you're short or tall. It doesn't matter if you're single or married. Storms are built into God's plan to get us to where He wants us to be, where He wants us to go. Recently, I've mentioned about the different storms that can come in our lives, and sometimes those storms that come into our lives are of our own making, Much like the storm that we find about Jonah, like Jonah's storm, and his storm came about because he chose to run from God's presence. He chose to run from God's presence. He decided that he wasn't going to be obedient. He was electing to do something that was outside of the will of God, and we find that Jonah was in a storm. Now there's some things that I want you to notice as well about that storm. Jonah chapter 1 verse 5, when the mariners were afraid, or then the mariners were afraid and cried every man unto his God and cast forth the wares that were in the ship into the sea to lighten it of them. But Jonah was gone down into the sides of the ship and he lay and was fast asleep. So the shipmaster came to him and said unto him, What meanest thou, O sleeper? Arise, call upon thy God. If so be, that God will think upon us that we perish not. And they said, every one to his fellow, Come and let us cast lots that we may know for whose cause this evil is upon us. So they cast those lots and the lot fell upon Jonah. Did you catch anything, anything real uh, and personal in that, in that little bit of the story? This is what I want you to understand here is that Jonah's choices, his choice to disobey God, brought about not only a storm in his own life, but that same storm that came into his life was also a storm for many others, several others. So what does that mean? It means that our choices are simply not our own. Our choices are not just our own personal issues. We don't live. Paul tells us in Romans chapter 14 verse 7, we don't live or die to ourselves. There is a ripple effect that takes place when we choose to do something that is error, something that is wrong, when we decide to go another direction, there is a, a, a cause or there is an effect from that cause that not only affects me personally when I choose, but also affects people that are around me. We see that Jonah was not the only one in the storm because that, the, that came about because of his personal choice to disobey God. God young people don't get it into your head to think that you can sin and it's only going to affect you no no sir no ma'am it'll affect people around you the storm verse number eight then said they unto him tell us we pray thee for whose cause this evil is upon us what is your occupation where are you coming from Where's your country? Of what people are you? And he said unto them, I am an Hebrew, I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, which hath made the sea and the dry land. Then were the men exceedingly afraid and said unto him, Why have you done this? Notice what Jonah said. Jonah said, For the men knew that he had fled from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. Somewhere in that story, Jonah told them, I'm running from God. I'm running from God. Then they said unto him, What shall we do unto thee, that the sea may be calm unto us? For the sea wrought and was tempestuous. And he said unto them, Take me up and cast me forth into the sea, so, so shall the sea be calm unto you. So it zeroes down here to where the storm becomes his, and the people that were in the storm with him, they find a calm in their storm. Wherefore they cried unto the Lord and said, We beseech thee, O Lord, we beseech thee, let us not perish for this man's life, and lay not upon us innocent blood. For thou, O Lord, hast done as it pleased thee. So they took up Jonah and cast him forth into the sea, and the sea ceased from her raging. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly and offered a sacrifice unto the Lord and made vows. Vows. Now, the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Now, I'm not going to go on in that story, but we do know, we understand as we read the final part of that story that Jonah confessed his sin and, re- and repented of his sin, and God gave him another opportunity to be obedient to his command, and, and Jonah went and did. But then there was a whole bunch of other stuff that goes along with that as well. But sometimes the storms that God leads us through are because of somebody's choice to sin. And you can be certain that somewhere along the line, sin in your or from your choices will bring about a storm in your life as well as in the lives of others that brings me to the other side another storm that takes place and it's likened to the the storm that the apostle paul was found in paul was bound by the choices of someone else He was not free to do of his own wishes or to follow somebody else's or to follow God's plan as he would have thought it possible. He was bound to follow God's plan through a storm that came about based on somebody else's opinion. Well, we could go a long ways with this one because Paul admonished them not to do it. Acts chapter 27 verse number 9 now when much time was spent and when sailing was now dangerous and because the fast was now already passed Paul admonished them and said unto them sirs I perceive that this voyage will be with with hurt and much damage not only of the laden in the ship but also of our lives nevertheless Nevertheless, the centurion believed the master and the owner of the ship more than those things which were spoken by Paul. You know, what do you know, Paul? Because the haven was not commodious to winter in, the more part advised to depart thence also, if by any means they might attain to to Phoenix (coughs) and there to winter, (coughs) which is in haven of Crete and lieth toward the southwest and northwest. And when the wind, south wind blew softly. Whew. Well, let's just pause right there a bit. Now, you know, we're we're looking at the story here. And Paul, Paul is saying, you know, let's not do this, let's not do this. But then the, the, the other people, the experienced people who should have known better, said, No, no, it's okay. We have a soft south wind. Oh, it's it's pleasant. there's a lot of things going against us this this year. Just like last year, but this year is before us. There's a lot of things that are coming against us. There's a lot of testing and temptation to turn aside. There's a lot of possibilities. You know, it's a soft south wind. Let's be gentle. Let's not you know let's not be harsh here in our belief and let's not be let's not be so dogmatic and let's soften some things and and uh, you know change some things and be more open minded it's a soft south wind well i don't know how long i need to stay on that so we have to be careful in our generation. You and I are called upon to stand for the principles of God and His Word. Even when there's a soft south wind that is pushing us in a different direction. Supposing that they had obtained their purpose, loosing thence they sailed close to Crete. But not long after, there arose gray against it a tempestuous wind called eurocladon And when the ship was caught and could not bear up into the wind, we let her drive. And running under a certain island, which is called Clauda, we had much work to come by the boat, which when they had taken up, they used helps undergirding the ship and fearing lest they should fall into the quicksands, quicksands, straight sail, and so were driven. And we be exceedingly tossed with the tempest. The next day they lightened the ship. The third day we cast out with our own hands the tackling of the ship. And when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared and no small tempest lay on us. Listen to what Paul records here or what Luke records here of Paul. All hope that we should be saved was then taken away all hope that we should be saved was then taken away do you see that sometimes we face storms of somebody else's choices that may rock the ship even to the point of our demise or close to our demise where we feel like there's no hope there's no way we we must let's just give in Let's just, let's just break free from all of this and, 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 and do our own thing and, and make it the land ourselves. Let's, let's try it by ourselves here. Let's get away from this wreckage that's about to happen. All hope that we should be saved was then taken away. But, not, but, long, but after long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, You should have hearkened, I told you so. Uh, You know, King James translation here just doesn't put it into our words, but that's what he said if I told you so, you should have hearkened unto me and not have loosed from Crete and to have gained this harm and loss. And now I exhort you uh, to be of good cheer. Yeah, Paul. Be of good cheer. How can we be of good cheer? Well, Paul tells them how they can be of good cheer. He says, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you, but we will lose the ship. The ship will go down, but no personal loss of life. Be of good cheer. Isn't that what we say? Maybe it's a little more difficult to understand that and to feel that in the, in the midst of the tragic circumstances, but life... No loss of life. That's what Paul was emphasizing. That life was more valuable than all of the tackling in the ship itself. And this is what he gives to the people that are listening to him. We don't have any record of who all was on that ship. But it's good likelihood that Paul was the only disciple, the true disciple of Christ. The only follower of Jesus Christ. He said, Now I exhort you to be of good cheer, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you but the ship. For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar, and lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe, God, that it shall be even as as he told me. Wow, horrible storms that have taken place in three different instances, four different instances. Two of them are with the disciples and Jesus telling them what to do. But there's one thing that these stories have in common. Other than, you know, all of these stories contain people. All of these stories have people traveling through life. Traveling even a common means of transportation. In other words, they were every one of them living out the mundane activities of everyday life. Normal days living. Nothing out of the extraordinary, really. Is your life ordinary? Monday to Saturday, go to church Sunday. Wednesday night, nursing home service a couple of times a month is available. Other than that, it's eat, sleep, and work. Get up the next day and do it again. But the one thing that's common in this story, other than those particulars, is that God wasn't very far away in any one of them. God was near in every one of the storms. Not only is God near in every one of the storms, God can redeem any storm for His glory. Isn't that what we're all about? God can redeem any storm for His glory. You say, even Jonas, look at it. Let's, let's look at it quickly here. Jonas' disobedience was turned to victory even at the point of his confession of his transgression. Because when he confessed his transgression, his sin, what he had been doing wrong, what he was doing wrong, at that point... It began to turn around for the the people that were around him, the people that were with him. When he was cast over and the sea calmed and this big fish swallowed him up, what does the scripture tell us happened to the people that were remaining on the ship? Did that jump out at you? you? Did you see what was recorded there? Look at it. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly and offered a sacrifice unto the Lord and made vows. Could we say that these men got saved? Is that what he's saying? That because of a disobedient heart at the point of confession and, and, and allowing God to have his way in his life, then these others recognized the power of God and wanted to serve him as well. They sacrificed and made vows. Read a little further in the story of Paul and you'll see the opportunity that Paul had to spread the gospel through healing of the sick and so many opportunities for the glory of God even in the trying times and the following days of that shipwreck. What am I trying to say? Beloved, Peter says in 1 Peter 4.12, he said, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you. Why? Because storms are built into God's plan to get you to the other side, to get you to where He wants you to go. Whether the storm was caused by disobedience like Jonah or was caused by somebody else's choices in the li- as like in the life of Paul or as it was directly in the life of these disciples where Jesus said, I want you to get in the ship and I want you to go. Unbeknownst to them, they were going to go through a storm that was in the center of God's will. Just know and understand that even when we're walking faithfully in step with the Lord, obedient to Him in the fullest of our understanding and knowledge of His will, (laughs) His directions will very likely take us through a storm. Why would God want us to go through a storm? There's a lot of reasons why. Let me leave you with this. So that you can see Him and so that others can see Him. It's that simple. So that you can see Him and so that others can see Him. The forecast calls for a storm. But God is already there. He wants us to see him in that storm and others to see him in our storm. Let's stand together tonight. <clears throat> Amen. Amen. I'll say yes, Lord, yes, to your will and to your way. <clears throat> I'll say yes, Lord, yes. I will trust you and obey when your Spirit speaks to me. With my whole heart I'll agree, and my answer will be yes, Lord, yes, amen. I'll say yes to him. Praise God. Praise God. Terry Tishner, would you dismiss us tonight?